Welcome to the SUK podcast, sponsored by CarCalendar, where we bring you insights from the SUK team, as well as news, interviews, and previews of upcoming events. I'm Martin. With me today, we've got Mark, Sean, Josh, and Matt from the SUK team. And we'll be discussing a few of the meets that kick the season off and what we can expect over the, the next month or so. So uh, it's been a busy, it's been a busy month. We've had just a bit. Yeah. Season openers. Yeah, two season openers, north and south. Second year we've done a season opener for each each major, major region. Best attendance we've ever had. So north was at Melbourne Raceway. So firstly, thank you to the guys at Straight Liners, a company called Straight Liners who run Melbourne Raceway. Facilitated us to have that venue, have men, members down there. We did a we did a, a photo shoot on the on the runway on the raceway. Sorry, together that came out really well, and then everybody got individual photos as well on the on the raceway at the beginning of the drag strip. And yeah, went went really well. Probably close to a hundred cars in attendance on that one. I saw the photos. I, I unfortunately couldn't make that one, but the the photos looked absolutely incredible. So loads of rolling shots. The media team go to, talk about that. Josh, we invited some photographers up up-and-coming photographers to, to come in yeah so we, we we ran the campaign on the social media and we got photographers from up and down the up and down the midlands to come and attend i think we had eight photographers there in total and it meant it just meant that we got plenty of photos for the hundred or so cars that were there on the day like i say we were doing rolling shots out the back of a t6 on the runway so it was uh, it was good fun did the yeah. social, social media presence work? So I think we got the same number of public arrived, didn't we? I think we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we did. That's true. <laughs> well, the, the, well, the event was, as, as Mark mentioned, it was done, hosted by, or co-hosted by Straight Liners, and they've got a, a long-running campaign at the moment to to raise money for the Straight Liners, well, sorry, for the Melbourne Fund, uh, which is putting tarmac on the on the runway to to extend the length of it. So so members of public were invited as well because it was you know it was a bit of a charity thing to try and mm. get, raise more awareness and 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 get some get some money for extra tarmac. So it was certain, certainly looked an incredible event and just as just as awesome as the the South opener because we had we had Concord turn up. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's a member it's, now actually. <laughs> signed up. It wasn't. You know, on the qualifying car list, but we made an exception. I think Mac Two is, you know, anything Mac Two and above is 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 still still qualifying. Absolutely, yeah. it's got wheels. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was another. Con- considering the the club is at, at the moment, the membership is heavily northern biased. It was a very well attended event by any any measure, but also given the weather in the morning, it cleared up. But the the you know the the, the early weather was was not that great, and it was amazing to see so many. So many cars out. It wasn't, and we were we were very fortunate with the weather for for both of our season openers because it was the it was snow for the the week leading up to the north one, and it cleared up just in time. So we were we were in two minds on kind of the Wednesday or Thursday whether to cancel it or not, or postpone it, should I say? And fortunately, we didn't have to do that, and and I, I'm sure it put you know put certainly put a few cars off, but not not many. So we're really glad that we managed to pull that event off. Yeah, both of them were really the. Just the attendance, the cars that that turned up. There were some some awesome awesome cars. Absolutely, uh, you know, cars you don't see every day that don't come to every event. Still, still made the journey out for the for the season openers. So that was that was really good to and see. Lots of new members there as well, weren't there? That were lots yeah, of new members. Yeah, time, really. yeah, which was great to see. Yeah, and thank you to all the members who who attended, both regulars and 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 new members. Hopefully, anybody new who attended it, it gave you a flavour of 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 what we're about, what the size and scale of our events and how well organised they were. Thank you to you guys as well because I know you worked tirelessly on the 
on the raceway to organise the photo shoots and there wasn't much time for, for anything else. That took up all of your time, so thank I'm you for that. I'm directing other cars to park than I am at parking myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah, you're right. I won't disagree. So an another incredibly well-attended event this month was the Blakey Ridge drive-out. Wow. Over 70 cars, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we were down for... We set a limit of uh, of of a hundred. That's not the usual format of our drives, but we wanted to do uh, an all an all member drive at the start of the year to because our our usual drive outs are for for full members only. We've got two tiers of membership: a free membership and a and a full a paid membership. And they're the one they get access to the the drive outs. But we wanted to do a almost like, a, like a, an event that gave you a, a flavour of of what what's to come in terms of the drive outs so usually yeah we wouldn't do that kind of numbers but Blakey Ridge is a it's a great drive but it's also a straightforward route so we can feel confident that as long as we had enough ambassador support we could run that event in an organized fashion where it wasn't just chaos and yeah we had 70 plus cars turn up we ran it in in four four or five groups and went up Blakey Ridge down Saltergate and then ended at NY500 where car themed cafe car and motorbike themed cafe who we've hosted events at for a while they're a brilliant venue and yeah really appreciated their support because it was a great place for us to end one of the best breakfasts in yorkshire as well i would agree yeah great kitchen anybody who's in the in the pickering whitby north Moors region definitely get yourself down to in my 500 it's a it's a brilliant venue awesome <clears throat> awesome and um you know i would so thanks for the members who went and it's it's challenging with that many cars so being well behaved is is really important and you know driving appropriately in in a convoy of of that many cars so absolutely you know, well well done to the well done to the members yeah in fact did all the cars make it to the end we just lost a couple of stragglers we had we had oh, one I... porsche cook its brakes that's what it was right yeah. okay yeah right everyone everyone i think pretty much made it the only thing we had was a, a few dropouts because of the changing weather forecast but other than that it was yeah it all went to plan I mean, that's the thing with this time of year, isn't it? The weather's always going to be changeable, hit and miss. Yeah. You never yeah, know yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. I think it was sort of, for me, I, on that drive, whoops, I was pressing something on the floor. Apologies, everybody. Oh, when we, the meeting point for that was at Helmsley, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And, you know, just to turn up in the centre of Helmsley, and we literally, it was just flooded with sports and supercars, and literally everyone, obviously, really early in the morning, and everyone was still, you know, was really wide awake and, and just, this is a great feeling to kind of look around and just a sea of cars and people. And it was just, it's great. It's a great mm. feeling. Yeah. I mean, when you think two and a half years ago, we'd have probably done that drive and had 25 or 10. Not even that. Yeah. Yeah. You're completely right. Yeah. As yeah. early as it was. Mm. And people traveling, you know, some members like David from Doncaster and the Yellow Lotus, he's, yeah, it's, an it's a good, it's a good two hours, isn't it? Like you know, to get there for an early start, it just shows how much members appreciate. We have, we have had some people room. drive up and stay overnight you know, from further south mm. to you know to come and do a drive like that. Mm. And we've even got members now offering us coffee at their pads after <laughs> events now, haven't we? Where we've got we have. twelve cars that turn up on his drive, and he offers us all a cup of tea and coffee. So that was quite pleasant. Nice, was, yeah. Very Thank well appreciated. Unofficial, not <laughs> yeah. guaranteed. But yeah. yeah, changeable weather. That was the Great British Car Journey day. That was another meet, mm -hmm. another well attended meet. Yeah, that was and good. That was that was interesting for me because it was torrential. Can't see where you go in rain oh. at the start of my drive to get there, 
and then it had more or less cleared up by the time I arrived. So washing the car was a, was a waste of my time, <laughs> but it was it was a great day. It was a really interesting venue as well. Yeah, awesome, awesome place. I mean, they've got I think it's around 140 classic British cars that you can that you can look through. I think I think all the members appreciated that. And yeah, if you if you're into your classics, it's definitely somewhere that you should swing by. Yeah, there was some classic supercars turned up as well. So oh, there yes, was, there was yeah. Maserati, Merak, and a Lamborghini Yalpa. Yeah, Lamborghini up. Yalpa. It's probably the first time I've seen either of those two cars on the road. Let alone together. Let alone together, you know, out being driven on a very damp Derbyshire day. So I think right up to date, we then had one of the rarest cars I've seen was a Honda NSX. Oh, yeah, wasn't the, it? the new one, the 2016 the new, model. The new NSX. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Nice car, underrated car. Very underrated car. car. Very underrated yeah. car. Yeah. yeah. But Josh's granddad really enjoyed that day, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, it took him down memory lane, didn't it, when he was walking we through were... the museum. I think it was a case of dragging him out as opposed to... We were getting all excited about NSXs and your granddad was getting excited about MG Maestro. Uh, yeah, it? that's it. <laughs> that's it. It took us a while to get him out of the museum. <laughs> he was walk- walking around the museum and there was obviously lo- loads of members floating around at various stages of going through the museum and... The conversations that were happening were, you know, I had one of those when I was young, or my parents had one of those, or you know, whatever. It's lots and lots of, of of car history for 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 members. You know, you, you show up not really knowing what to expect, and it's a proper trip down memory lane. Oh, really it really is. is. If you if you didn't go there, if you didn't, didn't manage to get to the event, go there anyway. It's it's a really good. And I mean, they give you a they give you a tablet, and it's got so much detail about every single car that's in there. You could literally spend four or five hours going through every single detail of each car. Awesome place. Yeah, there's even a Formula One car in there. There so. is even a Formula One car. And then you've got drivedadscar.com. You have, yeah. yeah. So you could even, once you've learned about the cars, then go and take one of them out for a drive. So that's wow, quite I unique. didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. DMB Collection. That was a, 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 a different end of the, the sort of age scale. Not classics, but buying up to date. Cars, He's got some crackers in there, hasn't he, Dean? Yeah. Yeah, and the venue, a lot of cars, well attended. Last year there was more cars than we could park there. Yeah, there was. I'm just picturing now the look on Dean's face when I told him we got 96 cars signed up, and he was like, you're joking. <laughs> I'm like, nope. And it's like, we're going to put up. <laughs> we found space somewhere. Yeah, we got, we got everyone in eventually, didn't we? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, it, I mean, we did the same venue last year, and it was again, it was a well attended event last year. But um, yeah, again, really, really good. This year, I thought I managed to get out of the car park, I managed to get a sandwich, and I managed to get inside to see the showroom because I didn't even see it last year. Again, too busy parking cars. But no, it was good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Some people actually got got airbound didn't they, this year. Oh yes. Yeah, I mean, in terms of experiences in the club, that's got to be up there, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely up there. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah excuse no pun intended. Pun. No excuse pun intended. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't normally expect to speak to a member one week at GB Car Journey for the first time, who I thought had come with another member riding shotgun. Lovely chap. Having breakfast, turns out he's a pilot. So it was a it was a 10, 15 minute conversation over a coffee and a, and a bacon sandwich. And the following week, I'm stood again with a bacon sandwich and a cup of coffee as we do at least static meets and he comes over and I wasn't expecting him to say how long are you here for so I said well I'm going to be here until the end of the event because I'm helping Sean manage it today he says well give me 20 minutes and I'll get the helicopter out of the garage <laughs> as you do 
you don't normally tend to hear that on a Sunday morning. At a car meet. At yeah. a car meet. Mm, yeah. So I thought he was winding me up, to be honest. I just looked at him and, and, and had a joke with him and said, yeah, whatever, mate. See you in a bit. And then about an hour and a half later, he shouts over, Matt, Matt, come here. So this goes over and he's ready. Do you want to go up? And I was like, no, you really are taking the Michael Mayer right now. He says, no, no, no. And he says, is there anyone else you want to bring? But he can't be as heavy as you. <laughs> Did he really say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> no so obviously sorry. I saw Josh. And I think Josh, when I said to him, we're, we're going to go and have a look at a helicopter, I think he thought, well, which car are we going to take for the static yeah. photos? That's the sort of direction I thought you were going in, not a thousand and, foot up in the air. And then when I didn't take my car... It, the colour drained from his face when he realised <laughs> we were actually going up. But That's yeah, brilliant. I mean, Charlie Charlie does training flights and his station there and fantastic pilot, wasn't he? Yeah, it was great fun. So, great yeah, fun. great so, experience. Yeah, thanks for that, Charlie. It was amazing. Club rebrand to helicopter in the UK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another honorary, honorary member. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got wheels as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that's that's been a pretty busy first few weeks of the season that that's a good good solid calendar full of, of events mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the theme for the next well until the end of end of the year really so coming up we've got nc500 that that's you know dreamland stuff every, every yeah, highlight real highlight of the calendar isn't it for that when, when does that when is that exactly that that is the 23rd of april for four nights four nights yeah and yeah i mean it's a certainly it's a tried and tested route in the in the car car world but it's a just a fantastic driving experience i still say today that regardless of europe and all other places it's one of the best driving experiences i've ever had and it's worth saying that it isn't the nc500 route it's a customized supercar friendly fewer motorhome route than the the sort of tour guide route. Yeah, it's this will be the third time we've done it, and each year we kind of just tweak tweak the route. Of one of our ambassadors, Mike, has had a massive amount of impact on in, in terms of it, or sorry, impact input in 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 kind of with this event. And he's he said, you know, credit to you know to to his experience, and that he's done NC five hundred countless times, mainly on motorbikes. But he, you know, we, we, it's allowed us to kind of tweak the route so we and we don't actually start at the fin- at the official starting point in Inverness. We cut out some some parts, but it, we, what we put in its place is some really awesome awesome roads, some old military roads and things, and it actually equates to a really really good couple. Of, you, you've not even done it yet, Mark, have you, with us? No, shamefully, I've, yeah. I've missed the last. We've done it, like you say, we've done it two or three times so far as part of the, uh, under our SCUK club name, and I've never done it as part of the club. I, I did it previously with a different driving experience company, so I'm really looking forward to it's it this good. year. Yeah, really me too. Am. Again, it's good. Yeah, lucky, lucky few members. I know that it's massively oversubscribed, and so you know, for the best chance of getting on it, the next one, it's like. You got to be a full member. You know, you got you got to be ready, waiting as soon as the the go button's there for for you to book on. So, you know, if you missed out this year, then good luck getting on it uh, on the next one. Uh, in the meantime, though, we've got other things going on. Of course, we've got to meet at Chartwell. That that looks like a really interesting, different thing. So Chartwell are a kind of supercar repair, bodywork, mm. paintwork sort of sort of operation. They've worked on some very famous cars. 
Yeah, I think every every car you see that crashes in the UK, I think ends up at Chartwell by the looks of it. Yeah, Chartwell are one of our SC UK sponsors, so it's good to host host a meet there. I think we've we've got a fair few cars signed up already, so we're looking forward to that one. It's a very very interesting and technical place. Recommend you come and have a look. Yeah, there is still space on on that event, so. There is, and I think it's fair to say that it's not your everyday body shop by any means. It's They brand themselves as the super brand body shop because they're, well, not only do they mostly work on sports and supercars, but they have official accreditations from the majority of those, that level of de- dealer, manufacturer, should I say. But when you go in there, it's like it's, it's like going into a dealership. They've got a 458 racing sim that they've built themselves. They've they've got an incredible body shop and paint paint area, which... It's like, as I say, it's just not your run of the mill place. So I'd really recommend for our members to come and check it out because it was it was great to go and see it a few weeks ago when we went. Awesome. I look forward to it myself. I've, I've never been, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. We've got North Pennines Drive and Breakfast coming up as well. We do. A very popular drive out on our annual calendar. We run it at least a few times a year. Everybody who has driven it already knows that the roads are fantastic up there. And yeah, just the the same kind of format as the last few years but i'm really looking forward to that one it's felt for me it's felt like a really long winter this time and it's just great to be able to start hitting the road again so i'm really looking forward to that one and that that one that one booked up in record time as well didn't it that that's another one where you really have to be yes, an early yeah. bird to to stand any chance of of getting on that on that drive it's really popular which is a testament to just how how good it is as a, as a drive really and the breakfast isn't bad at the end either is it so no, yeah no that's good and then just to it's just you know worth reiterating that you know we, we, the reason we limit the numbers is is to maintain the best experience possible, and so that's why our drives are limited. So if you do want to get on them, you know you need to be be aware of of when they're going live and 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 jump on it straight away, and and you won't be disappointed. Excellent. And we do send out emails and things in advance, so you've got every chance to yeah. to get to get booked on. Then there shouldn't be a surprise that something's gone gone live as long as you you know paying attention to your your inbox, I suppose. They're new for this year. Uh, we've got some some driver training going on at Millbrook, two dates, the first of which is next week. Really looking forward to that. It's not often you get access to Millbrook for any reason at all, let alone getting to actually drive around the drive around the place and, and receive some first class driver training. So I think that driver training for members is a thing that we're looking to do more often, you know, let people get their get the best out of their cars and, and things through a variety of, of different approaches, different experiences and, and so on this is just the first of hopefully hopefully many i'm certainly looking looking forward to it again that booked up in half an hour or something that was very very popular um across the the, the two dates yeah on that one we had to add a, add a second session because it was it was full very quickly but yeah like you say hopefully members enjoy the the kind of the different experience of, of being on that track and it's, it's worth saying that that one is being run by Cat Driver Training, and then in addition to that, we've also just begun to work with Hype Motorsport. The difference between the two kind of experiences is the Cat one, you take your own vehicle, and the Hype one, you get to drive theirs instead. So it's it it suits different requirements of different members, but there's still space on the Hype one because that's only gone live recently. So if anybody is interested in getting some driver tuition at Croft Circuit and, and start to feel a bit more confident driving at, at, at speed, you can do it with their train, with their tutors, but also in in their own vehicles as well if you're worried about putting miles and the expense of an experience to own your own vehicle. Or wear and tear on track. Yeah. Most, yeah. most cars. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good mix though, isn't it? Because Millbrook's 
like a road, really, isn't it? It's set up as, whilst it's a track, it's almost got the feel of a, yeah, it's a, a Pennine type road, hasn't it? With humps and dips and compressions and very much that, yeah. You know, yeah. so I think you know with hype as well. That's obviously very much about a track experience coaching. Whereas Millbrook, whilst it is a track, is I think good because it it lends itself to actually providing training around the specific types of roads that we'd probably go on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a more well. It's used by basically every automotive manufacturer in the world as a proving ground for vehicle Bond. dynamics. And James Bond. Yeah. So, so you know, there's there's a huge amount of variety in in, in what's there, but the the training this time specifically on the Alpine handling circuit, which is a bit more like the the roads we, mm. we drive on. Well, mm. we're actually driving on Alpine roads this year in the mm. Europe trip. So, mm. yeah, um, really looking forward to that. And well, in fact. All, all driver training experience is the best money you can spend on, on your, your car because it just helps you get the most out of your car. So, yeah, recommend to anyone to, to, to come along to, to one of those events. Yeah, yeah. And then selling out, well, not selling out because they've got infinite space, it seems, but selling fast is the Sports Cars in the Park event at Newby Hall on the 7th of May. That's a really good event for variety. It's always incredibly well attended. We've got, I think the last time I looked, over 40 cars attending for, from SUK, but I think there's there's more more than that, and there's about 900 cars in total signed up to the event so far. So, yeah, and it's everything from classic Fiestas right up to the latest kind of hypercars. I think last year there was a LaFerrari Aperta there, wasn't there? So, you know, it's a huge, huge variety. So, again, you know. Get, get booked onto that. We look it was forward a glorious day last year as well, wasn't it? It was. It's always a, oh. a really popular, a popular yeah. event. That one they do, they do very well. The the venue's great as well. So, yeah, well attended by members. But if you haven't come to that event yet, definitely get signed on. Fantastic ice cream as well there. There, an ice cream hut. So that's your takeaway. Just really good ice cream. <laughs> yeah, just come, come for the ice cream, stay for the cars. Yeah. Or the other way around. What a perfect event slogan. Yeah. We'll pass that on to the <laughs> that, Yeah, that, that was, uh, I think, the first event I ever attended the SUK <laughs> was one with sports cars in the park really? at Newby Hall. Yeah, I think so. I think that was was that where we... you were one of the McLaren's parts on the front row? Was no, it? I came in an M5 the first time oh, I ever you? I ever okay. went to to an event, yeah. Okay. So, but I, I did have, when I had the 720S, that was, that's that was right. one you of the ones that on parts of the front. Loan, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So that ah, was, yes. but it was M five was the first. That Newby Hall was the first event I I went to, and I came in my M five, <laughs> and you know I didn't know whether I fit in or not. Being you know, is an M five a sports car? Is it you know what what is it really? It's a super saloon, isn't it? So was it going to fit into the club? And you know the rest is the rest is history. Yeah, it's a, it was a really good event. Okay, so this part of the podcast we're we're calling the SUK Supercar Stories. And it's kind of a, a conversation with a with a member or someone involved in the club about like them, the cars, what they like to get up to, their best adventures and things like that. Bit of a bit of an open conversation, really. So today we're joined by Matt, one of our ambassadors, who's somewhat legendary in the, in the club for car history. So this is a long play podcast. Yeah, we we don't have the time for them all, Matt. But do you want to just whip us through? The highlights of your of your car history. How many cars have you owned? Do you think forty two? Forty two cars. In how long? How old roughly? are you? Uh, well, I don't know now. Actually, how long is that? Yeah, it's about roughly about twenty eight years. So I passed my test at seventeen. Right. 
So, so yeah, it's it's more than one car per more, year, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. That is a lot of cars by yeah. just by anyone's anyone's standards. That there's so. certain brands that are still missing out though, which I'll right. come on to definitely. Okay. So go on then. What the highlights of your car? Highlights you can't go over the four has to be the first twelve seventy five GT, right? Little Mini, which was fabulous for a number of reasons. In that it was faster than all of my other mates' cars <laughs> at the time. So obviously that's a bit of a pub conversation, isn't it? When you're out there, but equally. Having owned it for only four months, when I sold it, I sold it for an MG Metro. And at the time, I took it down to, I think, what was John Holland's place on Bramall Lane? And the guy said, how long have you had the car? So I said, oh, about three and a half months. He said, have you driven it? I said, oh, yeah. I said, when I first got it, I said, I wanted to find out how fast it would go, as you do. And the needle, just after 90 on the speedo, was kind of a hard stop. And I was going downhill, and I found the needle hitting the speedometer hard stop and bouncing off the needle. And when I took it in to sell it, the guy behind the uh, counter said, well, we've just had it up on a ramp. I think we could probably offer you 30 quid scrap for it. So I was <laughs> really? So he says, yeah, he says, because if you'd have braked hard in this from about 35 miles an hour, it'd probably split in two. Because all the subframe was rotten underneath. <laughs> Many experiences in that car that I can't talk about on a podcast as well, <laughs> which was great. And then, yeah, RS2000 was, was another... Another entry, which was a great car. Did that have a similar rusty fate? No, it was it, it was in white. It was well looked after. It was I went through various liters of tea cut on that car, but but consistently well looked after. Beautiful car, four wheel drive version. So it was you know the the at that time it was the Premier League of what I wanted. Just a fabulous car. Just just great cars at the time. And then I think you know in terms of more more recent cars, I joined the club. With an M2, actually, and and it goes back to what we talked about in the previous co- podcast, actually, about I'd had a, a modified Lexus RCF, which was their 5-litre V8, which was a really nice engine. You needed to really wind it on to get the best out of it. But I'd approached another high-end national supercar club without naming names, and it wasn't on the qualifying car list, which I was really disappointed about. And then happened to come across SC UK at the time, just as I was switching out, for an M2, manual M2, which I had. And it did make the qualifying car list. So that's when I joined the club, which was back in 2017, early part of 2017. And the club just offered, at that point, for me, an extension to everything that I'd had with my cars up to that point, which was always about spending time with my mates, being with the cars that I'd owned, going out together as a group. And then I finally found a club that then I could enjoy other cars with and I think at that point my dream had been to just follow a Lamborghini on a road you know to go out on a drive and follow a Lamborghini so lucky enough to get on a couple of events and and that's that's the start of my journey really with SCUK and then since then sorry can I stop me there because I remember seeing you first time in that blue M2 oh, I've got the matching coat and you got the matching coat on the same colour so I'm like do you always wear the same colour yeah, coat yeah because then I started the- buying orange Sparco shoes with my two orange lotuses I then had <laughs> In the space of a year, didn't I? So, yeah, I think I've got a theme of doing that. You've got as much as you can. Yeah. So then, and then I guess right up to date, then I was featured in Lexus magazine with probably one of the only heavily modded LC500s in the country. I remember reading that article. It got posted somewhere on (laughs) Piston Heads or somewhere like that. I remember reading that. It was odd. Trying Trying to pass it off as a family car. And it was quite clearly nowhere near a family car. So yeah, and then uh, and then I find myself bang up to date with the the car calendar, Mustang Bullet, 
So it's yeah, it's, it's it, comparing it to the, to the two lotuses I had, which were very much like little wasps, actual B road killers. The Mustangs are different beast but fabulous fabulous car you know it doesn't have the build quality of a 911 let's say but you know what you're getting with it it doesn't yeah. pretend to be anything i think that's what i really i guess that's why i've had so many cars because there's it's finding character yeah. in those different cars and it's weird how certain cars have more character than others yeah and you can connect with them on an emotional level as well weirdly there's more more accessible character in so, like a mustang you know it's personality sort of up front, isn't it? You've got that V8 soundtrack, unless you bought the Inco Boost. Why would you do that? But, you know, the, you've got that V8 soundtrack right there and, and it's sort of in your face as this is a this is a car with a huge personality, whereas something like, yeah, I know you had a 911 previously, that you have to work quite hard to get the character of a 911 out of it. Yeah, I... I it does raise some eyebrows when I mention it, but I, I really didn't get on with the 911 it was one of those cars that i felt like you had to tick the box as a car lover you've got to have a 911 surely Mm. on your list and having done it i don't think i'd go back it was it was just too efficient at everything it did for me and i couldn't find fault with it but that's probably because it was a better car than i was a better driver you know and i couldn't find the limits of it whereas i'd just come into that from probably still not getting over the lotus 410 I'd have, I'd had, and and that was just epic, just in every way. So yeah, uh, and and like I say, I come to the bullet now, and and it's it's nowhere near as fast as the 911. It's nowhere near as capable, but it's got a certain charm about it because it knows it's in certain ways on certain days it can be a little bit crap, and it it I think I like it for that. Yeah, no, there's a lot to be said for <laughs> cars having shortcomings that add to their character. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's definitely a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so. Talk about 911 you didn't like. Are there any other lowlights of your car history? Sort of cars you thought, this is going to be amazing and just turned out to be just the worst the worst decision that, you, you know, you regret buying. So VTS has got to be up there. Yeah. Made out of so, crisp packets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I managed to break the gearbox in that one. Nice. Just the 8 valve, isn't it? The, the it 16, VTS was a 16 valve, so that was that was the, the pub conversation I could have at that point. Because it was, I think, 25 brake horsepower more than the VTR. So obviously you've got to talk about that, haven't you? Yeah. But I think it was either that, me breaking the gearbox, or the fact that every time you got in to drive it and start the car, you had to put in your bank code on a keypad that was in front of the gearbox. So it didn't have a proper (laughs) alarm or immobilizer on it. You had to type in a a keypad number to get it started. That was everything. When I I went to to buy it, I thought it was going to be the best hot, hot hatch I'd ever owned. And it just wasn't. It was just awful. It was awful in every way. Rusted <laughs> gearbox obviously went on it. But then I, I guess also I, I, I joined a quite a high profile software company and, and they decided that they would allow people to go and lease cars. So you had free will to go and go out and buy whatever, well, lease whatever car you wanted. Most were going out and getting 320Ds or pushing and getting a 330 or whatever. I decided to go out and go, go out and get a Megane 250 Cup. Which again was great other than the first sales meeting I had. My sales director th- just came over to me and I thought he was going to congratulate me on what I'd got. He just said, what's that? Because it looks like you've crashed into Halford's, driven through it and something's come out the other <laughs> side. But again, it, I love that car. It was great. I know you've, you've had a Clio. Yeah. RS yeah. Clio, haven't you? I have, um, yeah. 220 trophy. Yeah. Liquid yellow. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a nice car. 
So again, there's something to love about cars that offer a character that offers something different, but never anything as crap as a Citroen Saxo ETS. That's just, <laughs> be just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the thing just just on that, a bit of a tangent, but the the market for that era of car is rocketing. Mm. They're worth a fortune. Mm. So I, I had an XR2i. That was my first car. Story for another day. But I sold that car for fifty quid. Right. If I wanted to buy one now, it'd be fifteen grand to get a straight one. They are unbelievable. But Peugeot 106 Rally, the the 1.3 and the 1.6, but particularly the 1.3, they're just they're, they're on mm. a rocket ship. Mm. You know, you think these cars were dreadful. Mm. They were they were objectively dreadful. Mm. But they're they're our childhood now. Or our our first cars learning to drive, or shortly after, you know, when we could insure them or mm. or whatever. And and yeah, because. People are now old enough to to sort of reminisce about those things. The value of them is absolutely rising. I, I didn't get the French car out of my out of my my, my blood. I don't think so. I, I ended up with three or six GTI, which was a manual six speed. That was the first six speed I ever had. That was a nice car. And Interesting then, handling um, on those at the limit. Yeah, not great, not great. Not which great led me into a, I had a one seven two cup Clio cup. That was a great, Thanks. great little car. Still great now. Yeah. Still great now. Great little car. Yeah. But yeah, every every 15 miles of back box would drop off. You know, so again, French build quality. <laughs> yeah. It was never going to be there, but it, it was just full of character. Yeah. Full of character that car. So what do you, you've got the Mustang now. Assuming, you know, there's not car number 43 just around the corner. What are you looking forward most with that car for the future? Well, at the minute, the car is is very much being used to promote car calendar. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting out and about. We've got Adam Seafest coming up as well, where we'll be attending that. So I'm keen to just enjoy the car and take it out on more drives and, and obviously use it as a bit of a, a promotional vehicle, really, at the minute, which is quite nice. It's giving it a fresh flavor, just having a different wrap put on it, which if you've seen it at yep. some of the events, along with Mark's, you know. Not shy or retiring. Not shy or retiring. Yeah, it's I'm enjoying it feeling a bit different just because of that at the minute so yeah i think we'll we'll stay where we are for this season and see what next year brings awesome so at the end of this little section we like to ask people to put a question to the members so don't know if you've got mm. a got a question for our, for the listeners and they can respond on our socials yeah so every car i've owned I would say the majority of the experience I've had has been from the atmosphere of the engine, the sound it makes, the way it smells, the way it makes you feel. And I guess what with the new era that's coming down the track with EVs and with hybrids, I guess I want to ask the question of what makes an EV a supercar? Okay. Where we think about two second naught to 60 times, where we think about an e-tron GT being, you know, an extreme example, if you want to call it that, of a saloon car for today, could we call that a supercar? Can we, even though it does not 60 in two and a half seconds? So I guess the question for the members is what makes a supercar a supercar? And can we still have it in and the And can new we still have it in the new era? Right. It's a good question. I think we're going to get a lot of responses on that. Frankly, I think that's going to spark a, a huge debate in the comments, but we'll wait and, we'll wait and see. Thank you very much. It's been really interesting. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for chatting through your, your car history. And thank you for listening to this month's SCK podcast. We look forward to seeing you at an event very soon. They're always going on. Please check our check our calendar and check Car Calendar for awesome car events near you. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.